0: Teresa. Welcome to the D-Spot.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. So I
0: consider you, I've given you the title of a kick-ass organizer.
1: Does that feel (laughs) good? (laughs) Yeah, I love that. And I like to really bring the intentionality into it. That's why I name myself an intentional organizer. An
0: intentional organizer. Okay, so tell us how did you become an intentional organizer and what is an intentional organizer?
1: Yeah, so an intentional organizer is Somebody that well, I'm just gonna say I go into people's homes and I help them release both mental and physical clutter. Mm. It started out very much. so I lived in a loft mm. and that's how oh. I started out. So you see everything all the time <laughs> yeah. yeah with my own personal experience. So I when I moved into this loft, I just didn't know like how to, to live like myself mm. because I had no storage, no closets, nothing mm. and so it was really a learning experience with, like, how to live my day-to-day and, like, Mm -hmm. what items I was going to keep, you Mm -hmm. know, because I was like, where am I going to put everything? (laughs)
0: Because you can only have so many boxes and racks until then it starts, like, kind of growing on you and, like, overtaking you.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So one of the things that I notice a lot is couples do have disagreements about how we keep and organize our space and I and it seems for whatever reason like this oil and water combination where one of us in the relationship is very much impacted by our environment and the other one is like what what box (laughs) what what towel what dish left out right it's an interesting combination and so I imagine that you kind of have to take a role as a junior therapist because if I'm the person that's overwhelmed by clutter and I see clutter and it represents what's happening in my brain, that if I'm trying to explain that to my partner and they don't see it, I may actually not believe that they don't see it. And so you've got to, like, come into this situation and be, like, neutral. You're Switzerland. How do you handle those situations?
1: Yeah, so... Most of the time I work with individuals. I should just clarify. Ah, okay. That. But I have worked with couples before. Mm-hmm. And when I am in that situation, I have a lot of personal experience. Again, it goes back to my life because I'm the one that's, like, organized mm-hmm. and wants things more structured. Mm-hmm. And my partner, he's more, like, free-flowing and, like, you know, just <laughs> loves, it, like... It just be. <laughs> it happen. Yeah. So I definitely have kept that in mind and learned from my own relationship in terms mm-hmm. of, like, being conscious of both people's perspectives and like in terms of being in a relationship and living with somebody in that Mm. aspect, looking at it from their point of view and like taking a step back and recognizing like this is their home too. Mm. And while their things might be things that this person it irritates me that they live like this. There are also things that irritate them about the way that I live. And so, like, how do we come across it in a way that's positive and nurturing and, like, really can create a safe and loving space for both of us?
0: How would you recommend that I convey that to my partner then, that I have a, like, what feels like a biological need to have there be a streamlined surface so that I can keep my mental health streamlined?
1: Yeah, so coming across it really, like, with your feelings Mm. and, okay, I know that you're going to be all about this, like, doing the gentle startup,
0: not just saying, like. (laughs) She's referring to a Gottman intervention (laughs) for all of those who are not Gottman nerds like we are yet, okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so approaching the conversation and asking, like, if this is a good time to, like, have the conversation, if they're open to talking about this, Mm. because that's the first step, like, setting it up and setting the intention from like for the conversation point of view too if you're coming across somebody and just saying like this is what i need and this is what you're doing wrong and blah, 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 like they they're going to feel like they're being attacked yeah yeah and that just starts out the conversation in, like, a way that's not, they're not receptive mm. to even hearing you. So what you're
0: saying, and we'll break it down in case anyone at home is taking notes, how do I do this? I need to address my partner. It's we start talking about how I feel, right, versus yeah. you. There's something that instinctively happens when I say you always leave your stuff around. You're such a slob. Right. First of all, that sounds like criticism. And that's not necessarily true from their perspective. They each have their own subjective reality. And I'm talking about how I feel so that it's gentler. Right. Because there is an impact on me when I see dishes in the sink or I see newspapers on the coffee table or I see your gym shorts in the corner of the bedroom floor. I have an experience about it. You're not a bad person. I'm not telling you that you're of bad character. I'm talking about how the impact to me is when I have these visual cues or I see these things that represent disrepair in my environment. Right. And so then what you're sort of suggesting, which I love. Thank you for like bringing us into an intervention. (laughs) I didn't know we were going to do this is like I can't just stop there what is it that I would like you to do differently? What am I asking? What is the gift that I'm asking of you? Because my partner's not required to pick up their socks off the floor or put the dishes in the dishwasher because I want it. I have to give them some sort of motivation. And part of it, yes, it helps me feel more peace of mind. I feel happier, I feel more content, but I recognize you don't have to do it. So could you ask for that versus demand it? And if the answer is no, you still need to ask for it because you need to learn how to ask for your needs, even if the other person's like, nope, don't see it, don't care. Yeah. That rarely happens in a good relationship. I am able to influence you. And I am able to hear from you, maybe I can't do it right now, but I'm willing to clean up on Saturdays with you, right? There's some sort of compromise that we're hoping for.
1: Yeah, the compromise. And I really like how you said, like, you can't force them to do anything. It's very much of the person's will. And, like, having, like, sometimes I even have multiple conversations encourage my clients to have multiple conversations because, change takes time to our mm. habits and and incorporating those habits t- takes time and so being being gentle and like accepting of the other person and also like praising them not in like a condescending way like a child yeah. like yeah getting the dish in the dishwasher
0: I knew you could do yeah, it but like, like, like what
1: like almost like telling them, showing them your appreciation when they do implement something, even if it's not the way that you expected it to Mm. look like. You know, if you're, say for example, like your husband loads the dishwasher, but he doesn't do it the way that you would do Mm -hmm. it. Like saying like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for doing that. I really appreciate that because that takes so much off my plate. And now I don't have to think, be thinking about that and worrying about spending time on that.
0: So that's the sales technique. That's the way that we motivate them because you gave me something. So I'm going to give you a cookie back and be like, you're the best person ever because you care about my feelings, not because, well, you should do that. We live together.
1: Yeah. Right?
0: It's semantics. And I I don't know if you've experienced this in your own relationship or with your client couples that you're working with, but there's sort of this expectation that somebody is going to want to get in line with the way that you do things because Mm -hmm. you do it the right way or the superior way, and that starts to kind of fall apart for a couple.
1: Yeah, I just know that with my own experience, I, I tend to put a lot of expectation and pressure like on the things that I ask him for. And so I after like after being with each other for longer and for on these, situations I've recognized that that's not helpful Mm -hmm. (laughs) it just makes him not want to do it in the first place (laughs) so because what's
0: the win I have to somehow do something that isn't important to me to redeem myself in your version of my character
1: yeah yeah exactly and going back to like the the the, like criticism of it kind Mm -hmm. of like I would have done it differently this way. Like, he does take it, my fiancé personally takes it as, like, an attack on his character. Like, he thinks I'm criticizing him and, like, it's not about, like, what he's doing. It's about him. Mm. And and recognizing that has been, like, such a huge change in our relationship, I feel like. And it's a constant thing. Like, just because I'm saying, like, this is, I've learned a lot and gained a lot of reflections from like, working with people and also my own relationship Mm -hmm. doesn't mean, like, I'm just done with it, (laughs) you know? Yeah, I I like what you're sort
0: of alluding to because I think the thing that... Is key to helping. I mean, we don't have to do these things again if we want to have a better relationship. Sometimes it's important to own that maybe this can feel a little neurotic to the other person, right? That, like, I find myself sort of explaining, like, I get that it's not as big of a deal to you, like, I get that maybe I'm a little over the top with it, maybe it's just me and my personality, and yet nevertheless, as much as I'm in therapy, maybe this isn't something that's going to change right away. And would you be willing to work with me so that I have more peace around the house? Because I get that this isn't a big deal to you. And maybe it seems like I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs about wanting to have all of the spoons and the <laughs> knives coordinated in the right way, right? We keep talking about dishes. But I think that that is sort of representational. And a lot of clients will say things like, well, I'm. it's not okay that I ask about it or complain about it because it's just Dishes. It's just small things. It's, it's just them. where we keep our keys when we come in the house, and like, yeah, it's not. Speak to that.
1: Yeah, it's so much deeper than that, and I think that's where I've recognized as as an organizer, growing in this business, and also studying to become a therapist. That these patterns and these attachments and these like ha- lifestyle habits, they go deeper. They go back mm-hmm. to childhood. They go back to like past experiences. Mm-hmm. So while while it may be like just putting something in in one place for somebody the other person could view it as you know like oh this is like how I grew up this is like or I'll give like for example like attachments to clothes and stuff Mm -hmm. you know like while this might be just a sweater to you and like placing that sweater on the um rack like doesn't seem important to me, that sweater is, like, that time that I went to that concert Mm -hmm. with my my best friend or, like, you know, this part of me where I get to, like, be creative Mm -hmm. and flow. And, you know, we attach other
0: characters. Yeah, true. Absolutely. And that sort of leads into something that I think we could definitely talk about, which is a lot of my clients experience guilt and shame Mm -hmm. when they don't replay the dynamic that they had growing up in their family of origin. So for instance, if you grew up in a family where, you know, we always put... After we ate dinner, we cleaned up, we washed the dishes, we cleaned the counters, we, like, you know, swept the kitchen. And so if we're in a relationship, even if it's a relationship with just ourselves and we don't do that thing, sometimes you can't rest and go turn on Netflix because there's that internal story happening for you that, like, Well, mom or dad would be really mad at me right now because, and my family, we didn't do that. We didn't leave things out. We didn't, like, we didn't go to sleep until everything was ship shape in the kitchen and it was organized. And if you don't have a partner that experiences that way and you haven't taken the time to talk about why these expectations are such a big deal to you or what you are experiencing psychologically Mm -hmm. from not, recreating whatever you had modeled for you, that that can create conflict for couples, right? Why can't you just let it go? Why can't you? You're so worried we're going to get bugs or something. What's your problem, right? Why don't you just come watch a show? Why are we always busy? We just got off work. And if you don't take the time to explain to your partner, I cannot psychologically rest until I do this thing that feels like it's my ritual that uh, gives me permission, which is like a weird concept, but permission to enjoy my downtime.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and to that fact, some people aren't don't even have that awareness yet. So I think that's where like coming like going to therapy and doing different healing and wellness modalities are beneficial because that incorporates that awareness. Mm -hmm. And if you're working on yourself, that's all you can really have control over. Working on yourself and bettering yourself and how you come to the relationship and have those conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're you're right about the permission thing. That's such like that's so prevalent now, mm-hmm. like, we have to give ourselves permission mm-hmm. to do these things, and it's, like, well, why were not we even just giving ourselves br- the opportunity to rest, or, like, yeah. in the first place, you know? Well, <laughs> like, again, it's I
0: just was talking about yeah. this with a couple over the weekend. It's, I think that we have these things ingrained to us from our family of origin that we're not questioning, yeah. and we're not talking about. So, like, the couple that I had this weekend, if you grew up in a heteronormative relationship, and you did all of those, like, gender assignments like mom cleans the inside of the house and dad mm-hmm. cleans the yard and that's his territory and we're th- or we grew up in a family where mom and dad did chores at the same time right so if one of them was doing chores the other had to be doing chores there was no like you watching tv why dad was mowing the lawn right yeah. this came up for the couple and it's like we had to have this conversation where the one that was used to always having to do chores at the same time had to give herself. The ability to say to her partner hey could you tell me that i should go watch tv and he's looking at her like what and she's like because i'm gonna be in my head thinking that if you're in the kitchen making dinner even if i had a really long day and i saw like you know 10 clients and i was like wasted i would see you in the kitchen and i would not be able to sit down and watch youtube Because it's like there's some internal wiring that says, I'm letting you down. I'm not doing what our family is supposed to do. And so by you saying to me, hey, I know you've had a really rough day. Why don't you go relax and I'm going to get you some dinner or me being able to say to a partner, I'm going to be in my head. Can you tell me that it's okay that I'm not helping you in the kitchen right now? <laughs> can sound really weird, Yeah. but it might be something that we need to do so that we're acknowledging that we have this internal struggle. We're acknowledging that we have this whole narrative happening. And if we don't address it, our partner does not understand where some of our behaviors are coming from.
1: Yeah, that's so true. I was laughing because I like, I have that experience. Mm -hmm. My fiance, when he tells me, like, it's okay, you can relax, you don't have to be cleaning up. Then you have permission. Okay, you're right. Yep. yep.
0: Yeah. So we couldn't have a conversation about organization without going into Marie Kondo. Right? So as I was preparing to talk to you, I'm like, so we got to talk about that, right? So. For those of us that don't have Netflix or don't know about the magicness of tidying up, what, what is the concept? Why is it such a movement? Educate us.
1: Yeah. So to be honest with you, I don't know that much about. But her. you know, she's like this
0: big thing. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. so so I've heard that, and I didn't watch the show. Please don't write me notes and tell me I'm missing out on something in the world. Those of you listening, <laughs> um, but so apparently you're supposed to take everything that you own, usually clothes or like items, and you pile them on to your bed. Yeah. And you're supposed to pick each of them up and see if you experience joy about it. Yeah, and there's some sort know. of like decision-making process where unless you have items in your home that bring you joy that they probably shouldn't be there
1: I like the aspect of joy I don't think it's the only emotion that should be applied in that Mm. situation or not should I hate using that word but Mm -hmm. um that like gets to be applied in that situation the way that I resonate with what she's saying though is the energetics of stuff Mm. and that feeling that you get Mm -hmm. checking in with yourself and seeing if if your body is telling you like yes i want this item yes i want this like this is like bringing me so much um so many so many feelings of like supportiveness and happiness and mm-hmm. versus your body saying something like oh like no like i don't want like this is giving me feelings feel good of unsafe me. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like i feel unsafe and i feel like I'm thinking about stuff from my past that doesn't mm. feel aligned with where I am at today. Mm. So, so it reminds
0: you of them. something that is associated with a negative memory or a negative or space in life. feelings
1: that you need to release and, feel, and gotcha. memories that, and stuff that need to go at that mm-hmm. point in your life. Because that's not who you are anymore. So if
0: we are talking about something that's outside of clothes, say you have a stack of love letters from an ex-boyfriend that wasn't kind yeah. to you right? Or you had a bad breakup, or that's a time in your life when you weren't living your life in alignment with your current character. Would that be something that you should consider, even though it seems like society is like, well, you should hold on to those reminders of your relationships, Mm -hmm. and this person meant so much to you. Would that be something that you could give yourself permission, we'll return to the permission idea, to let go? (laughs)
1: I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Taking reflection really because each person is different mm-hmm. and and you know what is best for yourself mm-hmm. or if you don't you can reflect on that and ask yourself, is this what purpose is this serving me mm-hmm. like holding on to these? Is it that it's the fact that it's the reminder and to not be put myself in a situation like that again? Or am I holding on to it because I'm not ready to let go of like, or forgive myself for being in that relationship or, like, wow. parts of myself that, like, I was like in that relationship. Um, I feel like that's where, like, the deeper stuff comes in, that mm. when you first look at organizing, you don't necessarily think about it like mm. that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. No, we're you yeah. just collecting stuff. Yeah. I mean, from your experience, why are there some of us that collect stuff, and some of us are into this whole like minimization? I don't have many things. What's the difference in personalities or mental health?
1: Yeah, I'm happy you asked that because I was actually going to mention that before. With, um, I think it's about control in my mm. in my opinion. Okay. There's the person, like, say, like, more like me that wants to be controlling the environment. I don't want to have a lot of things around me Mm. because I get sensory overload, and that increases my anxiety and stress. Interesting. And so I want to be able to control my environment with minimal things, Mm. and that makes me feel good. Mm. And then there's a person more like my fiance, which is more like, again, like free flowing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he likes to have his things around control in the sense of like, I'm going to control by buying these things, buying Mm -hmm. these items that make me feel safe Mm -hmm. and having them around me because then I'm more comfortable and I feel like I can be whole in a sense. So when does that go
0: over the threshold to becoming a hoarding situation?
1: when you find it impacting your life in, in a significant way, if you find that you're spending too much money, for example, your finances are in like disarray. If you have noticed your mental health, like mm. you feel like stressed when you're in your environment. And again, it goes back to that reflection and checking it with your body too, because, sometimes our mind is like, we're fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Mm -hmm. But then like when you take a second and like sit with yourself and breathe and like, actually this space is giving me a lot of overwhelm right Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I notice a lot of us and I probably do this too. I love me some clothes so I could be burning (laughs) on the hoarder situation at any time. But I, I noticed that during different seasons, Sometimes we're gathering things because physical things give us comfort Mm -hmm. and then something will snap and we want to get rid of all of it and Mm -hmm. clear it out. And it's almost like it seems to match the season of your mental health. I've noticed that with my clients and with friends and family. Do do you see that with your clients?
1: I feel like a lot of my clients... Love their things. So I, I don't know. So we want you, we want you to get rid of our things. We just want you to
0: organize them so we have better control of them.
1: Yeah, but I I do notice when I come in, it gives them more motivation and and like again like that permission to be like okay, like I am gonna let this stuff go because they just maybe need like a little bit of gentle push mm-hmm. that I'm I'm ready mm-hmm. to let this go. Mm-hmm. I just I don't feel like I can do it by myself. Mm-hmm. I need somebody to like hold me accountable and and be there to guide me through this process.
0: Is this concept of having too much stuff is this a Western culture thing from your experience and what you know about the world
1: I think I think so I mean we're like America's all about consumerism and <laughs> it just kind of drives me crazy because I feel like you can just go online and, and click a button and mm-hmm. then you have something on your door the next day and it's like that initial like dopamine hit and mm-hmm. like okay yay this is so exciting mm-hmm. but like then you're that item Probably is just gonna sit in your closet. You might not even use it. So, like taking a second to be intentional about about what you buy and like the reason you're buying it.
0: So, what advice do you have for those that are sort of on the fence about? Do I hire an organizer? Do I? Should I be embarrassed that I have to hire an organizer? Like, give them some encouragement.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I would say if you are on the fence and considering it, really like go ahead and hire an organizer. It's probably on your mind for a reason. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with delegating and asking for support when you feel like you need it. Mm-hmm. I I truly think some some things are our, like, zone of genius, mm-hmm. our strengths, and others are things that we need more support and more help with. And either way, that's okay. Like, there, it's beautiful. Yeah. Just the way you are is beautiful.
0: So you're shifting out of becoming uh, or being an organizer. You're shifting into becoming a mental health advocate, and I'm so excited. You are a VIP of our practice who's now decided to take the next step into what? What's driving this shift from organization to mental health? Because they are related, but like, what's what's propelling you to make this shift?
1: I want to do both. Just to be clear, okay. Oh, good. Go, go, girl. Do yeah. all. Do live your best life. Okay. I'm not sure what that's going to look like yet, but. Uh-huh. I've always had this drive to to dig deeper and ask the why and figure out, like, how people work and why they work. And yeah. the same goes for me personally. I'm always working on my growth in some way. And, of course, like, that ebbs and flows. I'm not always, like, on all the time with it. But I I think that's, like, where that really came from. Yeah. And, yeah, I just I, – I took some time after I got my bachelor's degree and – sat with it and thought about like is this what I really want and it is I want to be helping people in a deeper way to find themselves yeah yeah I think you're
0: going to be great from what I know of you you're just super (laughs) empathic and you just have this great presence and and space that you can hold and I imagine that your clients feel like you are their junior therapist on top of their organizer so I think this is a nice combo for you I'm glad I hope you do very well in that that journey So tell (laughs) us where we can find you. You're also going to be at our mental health fair on May 20th. If anybody hasn't learned about that yet, you're going to have a booth and people are going to get to meet you and learn about you. But where else can they find you if they're not in San Diego?
1: Yeah, so my Instagram is homegirl.space, mm-hmm. and that's same with my website. Mm-hmm. And actually, my business name is Homegirl. Everybody thinks it's homegirl.space <laughs> because that was what was available. <laughs> but, um, yeah, feel free to reach out. Like, send me a message. I love hearing people's intentions. Um, and actually, if anybody feels called, I have a closet guide that I can send you. Mm, you cool. Reach out and, and let me know your, your like, struggles with organizing Mm -hmm. it can go ahead and send you that closet guide
0: and your instagram is adorable i particularly personally (laughs) love the shoe ones because i am a bit of a shoe porter so um i love seeing how you approach things and you're just great got this great positive it makes you want to organize which sounds like a chore but it's like a chore I want to do so you're doing a good job on your Instagram
1: oh that's so good to hear and yeah it doesn't have to be a chore like making it fun you know like playing some music let's clean out the closet listen to the (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: d-spot well thank you so much Teresa this has been great I really appreciate you catching some time to come visit us
1: yeah thank you
0: Thanks for tuning into the D-Spot. Find me, Dr. Dana McNeil, and my guests on social media using the links down below. Subscribe for new episodes weekly and leave a comment letting us know how and if you can relate or what topics you'd like us to cover next. See you next time. And don't forget, going to therapy is cool.